I left my Bible down there, but in this light, these eyes don't work so lacquer with that kind of printing. So I've got to have big printing and light things. So yeah, let's just put that up there so everybody knows I have got a Bible. There we go. There we go. It's just for show. Anyway, it really is cool. I love the way that this morning went. If you want to say yes to the big things, you've got to say yes to the little things first. There's a principle in God with that. If you're faithful with the small, God gives you more. If you're faithful with somebody else's things, God will give you your own things. That's in the scripture, straight out of Jesus' mouth. And um, there is such a profound thing of saying yes to God. I don't know if any of you have been to, I've had the privilege of going to a couple of five-star kind of game places. You know, where you, when I say game, not games, like game, like lions and buffaloes. And um, I don't know if this is a battery thing or whatever. Anyway, sure. Sign up for the sound team, yeah. If this goes off, if this goes off again, I'll swap to that. But um, I don't know if you've been to any one of those. Yeah, it's flashing. It's going to go off. One of those places that, uh, that is really sharp. And you know the difference between going to a place like that and then be going to like a no-star, one-star, two-star place? I've come to realize this. When you go to that place that is a fancy five-star place, the difference is everything is yes. It's got like a yes culture. Can you organize me a plug adapter for my hairdryer? Yes. Can you organize this for me? Yes. And if they can't, they'll say yes, and then they'll come back and say, by the way, we're having a problem. We can't do that. Can we do this for you? When you're at these places, it's like, no. <laughs> Sorry, you don't have that. No. So like you eventually, like you don't even go there because you know it's going to be no. But you know these guys, they just say yes. It's like they've got a yes culture. And the church should have a yes culture. It should, and the reason, why, the reason why it's five star, six star, seven star, is because it's got a yes culture. It's yes to the things of God. It's yes to, to more of God. It's yes to what God's called me to. It's yes to Jesus. It's yes to laying down things. It's yes to getting rid of things. And yes to laying hold of things. And when, when people come into a yes culture, it actually is hospitable. It becomes a five-star environment as opposed to this kind of no culture that we so easily get used to. So this morning I want to preach out of Luke chapter 5 about fishing. And the reason why this came about is because Fred Bester had a prophetic word that he shared with me last Sunday. He was at a, we had a leaders meeting two, a week before that, and, and he said this to me. He said this. This was the essence of what he said. He said he felt like he saw a big net, which was Glenridge Church, catching a massive catch of fish. And he felt this is that we need to get our nets ready for the catch that God wants to send us. And he said this. He said, we've got to strengthen the net for a large catch. And he said this, he went on to say, the bigger the net we build, the bigger the catch God will send. So when we talk about a catch, for those that don't understand that kind of language, is that God wants to send people to us that we can connect them to Jesus, connect them to each other, and see them walk into more, to cross over the Jordan and into the inheritance that they have. And they will help others do the same. And, and, and Fred had this incredible kind of two or three minute voice note that he sent me and he ended it off by saying this he said every person 
for him, this is what the win would be for us. He said that every person would be known by name, by someone, because not everybody will know everybody's name, but your name should be known by someone or some people, and every person should be at a table of connection and ministry. Every person's name known by somebody, and every person at a table of relationship, of connection, being ministered to and ministering. And I absolutely loved that. And so what I did is I went and I looked at a catch that they had in the Bible. And Luke chapter 5 is that catch. Friends, we live as a church, we exist as our, as our mission or vision statement says, to love God, love people, and live to change the world. Love God with all our hearts and all our strength and all our mind. Love our neighbors like we love ourselves and live to change the world. That's, that's the heart of the church. That's actually not something that we came with that's unique. That's something that God gave the church for her purpose. That's the church's mission. To love God with everything and to love people like you love and your neighbor like you love yourself and to live to change the world, to see God's kingdom come in and through our lives. So our job as a church is to make followers of Jesus. For every person in the life of the church to become a disciplined learner. That's what a, an, a, a follower of Jesus is. That's what an apprentice is. It's a disciplined learner. As, as soon as you stop learning, you stop being a disciple. In the true sense, in the technical sense of the word. As soon as you stop learning, a disciple is always learning. Because he's always following his teacher. He's always following his rabbi, Jesus, into more. So we're always learning. We're always learning. We're always growing. And then the next step is to take other people and take them on the journey with you. It's always to take others with, friends. It's never just about ourselves. So Luke chapter 5 is this incredible moment where the disciples catch some fish. So Fred, thank you for your word. It's crafted and kind of centered this morning's message around how that we... So we're talking about serving. We're talking about getting involved talking about opening our hearts, talking about, you know the one way, you know how you see people have opened their hearts? Open homes, open wallets. Can I just say, we don't talk about money much in this church. Open homes, open wallets. Closed wallet, closed heart. Money. Open home, hospitable, love people, around the table, connected, helping, ministering, sharing. All of those friends, that's the way you see people have got an open heart. And, and God profoundly, profoundly just releases more and more to those kinds of people. When you say yes to the small things, God takes care of the big things. Okay, so Luke chapter 5. Let's put it up there, um, Shepherd. Thank you. Luke chapter 5. Here we go. Oopsie. On one occasion, this is the ESV. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. This is, they're talking about Jesus here. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. 
but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they were both filled, they, filled, they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. This is a massive catch. But when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were, all, so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were the partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. It's an amazing thing. Massive catch. Revelation of who Jesus is. He has to say to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. What a wonderful story. So I want to talk to us. I want to give you five key things of how you catch a miraculous catch a fish. How do we net a miraculous catch of fish? In your personal life, in your family life, in our church life? How do you, how do you get a miraculous catch? How do, you, how do you allow Jesus to just speak a word and then it all happens? Five things I feel out of this text that are absolutely key. There's five keys, friends, five things that we have to say yes to. To cross the Jordan, not just to cross the Jordan, but to continue to say yes to, to live in the land and to prosper. There's five key things that as a church we need to say yes to. If what Fred says is, is un, from God, that God wants to send a miraculous catch. You see, let me just, let me just get going, otherwise I'm going to run ahead. First one is this. Maybe you can put that slide up, Shepherd. The first one is this. If we want to see a miraculous catch, we've got to have an available boat. An available boat. So Jesus saw the two boats, had been fishing all night. He saw the two boats sitting there. And the fishermen weren't there because they were washing their nets, getting ready for the next day. And Jesus goes into one of the boats. He says, come push me out. These people, I, I need a bit of space so that I can talk to these people properly. He then begins to preach. But the availability of that boat was absolutely key. Because it was the next step that was going to be fishing, but he had to get into the boat first. My question to us, is our boat available to Jesus? Is what we have available to Jesus? Is it available to Jesus to say, please, I want to come and use your table. I want to come and use your home. I want to come and use your strength. I want to come and use your energy. I want to come and use your time. I want to come and use you. They had to have an available boat. They had to have a vessel that Jesus could do his teaching from. However, friends, I think for most of the church, not just Glenridge Church, but the church, we have an understanding of having our boat available to Jesus. So we're quite happy to be sitting in the boat with Jesus while Jesus is preaching. Kind of, I think we're kind of there. We get that. Okay, God, is it available? Yes. We're not all doing it as best as we should. But at least we kind of got a concept for that. 
But I want to say to you, friends, that's the first step that God wants you to say yes to. Because it's not just getting in the boat and preaching from it that he wants to display his power from. He wants to take us fishing. He wants to give us a a miraculous catch. There's more than just having your boat available to Jesus. I was speaking to a couple this morning. I ran past their house. And they had just done up their house. And and what's most impressive is the place that I run in front of their house used to be all jagged and there was rocks and all things. And it's beautifully paved and and kind of asphalted in. And I was saying to them, Chief, is it so lack of running past your house? Your house is looking amazing. He's a builder and they've kind of been doing some work. You, you see, friends, the reason why I'm saying to them, and he, and, and he said to me this morning, you know what, you should see the inside. We prepared it to have a home group in it. And I'm thinking, God, come, Lord, please. Not everybody has to do up their house. Because it's not about being fancy. It's about having a heart to say, God, please, I want to, you can use my boat. I'm preparing a boat for you. I've got a boat available to you. But I want to say to you, friends, that is just the first step that God wants us to take. The next step, the next thing that we have to say yes to is we've got to have a prepared net. We've got to have nets prepared. They were washing their nets, preparing them for the, for the, for the next day's catch. But friends, we've got to have our net prepared as a church if God wants to send us for God to send us a miraculous catch. What would happen, friends, if the size of this church doubled in a month? All our serving, all of what God can do in amongst us, and friends, it's not about just the building and a meeting on a Sunday, it's about all of life. But this is a significant part of our communal life. It's the grace, there's a grace when we meet together. Friends, our kids' ministry is bursting at the seams already. You people are fertile people. You're very fertile. And I want to say to us, friends, maybe your kids are older. The mindset that we've got to have, it's not my kids don't need it. It's God, what are you doing with our kids? You see, that's a family understanding of church. God, how can I serve? I've understood what it means to be a parent. I've understood what it means, and I know what it's like for moms to be. Actually, I want to serve somebody else because I've been through it, and I've got some capacity to do that now. It's what are we doing with our children? Even if it's uncomfortable. But we've got to have a prepared net. You see, friends, when our net is ready, Jesus can use it. So a net in the life of a church is its relationships. It's got knots and it's got netting. And they connect, but every, every, every knot is connected by a piece of a strand of something. And as soon as one of those knots are dysfunctional, as soon as one of those pieces of strand are, are broken, you have a picture like this, shepherd, if you wouldn't mind. Then you can go back to that other slide. You have that. Now the question is, how good is that net at catching fish? It's not. Because what's going to happen is God will send you fish. And whether it's in our corporateness or in your business or in your family, and there's holes, the relationships are dysfunctional, the tables are not open, and it puts holes into the net. And now you catch a great fish and all the fish are just spewing out of the side because somebody's not doing their part. Friends, this is how a community of, of, of 
Jesus people live. Friends, we want to change the city. We want to be effective for God. Right now, friends, there's a war going on where thousands of people are dying. Thursday, we're going to be praying. Don't miss prayer on a Thursday, friends. Prayer on a Thursday is a profound, profound engine moment for the life of the church. It's like on Thursday is my favorite meeting, is our prayer meeting. There's life there, there's propheticness, there's worship, and there's something happening in our prayer. And it's incredible, just by the way. Well, Stan, how can we do it yesterday? People need prayer. And friends, we, we've got people in this church. At, at the same time that we're rejoicing, that we're finding God, we're moving into a land, that the Christians over there are crying out to God, please deliver us, oh God, please deliver us, oh God. At the same time that we're rejoicing, there's a lady here today who lost her son on Friday night and is grieving. In the midst of us, all the time, is both those that are lamenting and grieving and there are those that are rejoicing because of the goodness of God. And that's the community. And there's a part of the church that's rejoicing here and it's in pain because of what's happening there. But at the same time, those things are all going on in, in, our, meet, in, our, in our togetherness and in the greater church's life. And so we come together to facilitate place that somebody who's lost their son on Friday grieving right now can be in a place of worship where she can receive and find comfort from God. And we can on a Thursday pray and declare God's purposes over the Ukraine and over what's happening there and say, God, please intervene. Please intervene. You see, it's part of how a family works together. And it comes together as knots and, and tables and things join. You see, our net is our relationships. Our net is our connectedness. The knots that make our net strong, friends, are our tables in our homes and our serving and contribution in our corporate moments on a Sunday. That's what makes our net strong. When that doesn't happen, we end up with a net like that other that we showed on the picture there. And friends, I, this, this is a moment for God, for us to say yes to the things of God and to the inheritance of God. But it's also for us to say yes to taking our place in a family. The bigger our tables at home and our service on a Sunday, the stronger and bigger our net to catch people will be. This is not about me. This is about people that God wants to send us. People that don't yet know Jesus. People that have walked away from Jesus that need to come back to Jesus. This is about broken people. This is about people that need healing. This is about people that need deliverance. But part of that is a net that we catch them in, which is the local church community or family. The bigger your net the more knots there are. That's how you grow the net. And I've said in my notes, everybody needs to get knitted in. But actually what I originally wrote was everybody needs to get knotted in. I know that's not a good thing to say because that's got connotations. But friends, it's true. We need to get knitted in. We need to become a knot from which other strands find their place. Because when you're there, you hold them this way, you hold them this way, you hold them that way, and you hold them that way, and you, be, and you are held there. So you both get held and are holding. And when everybody does that, it's the simplest thing in the world. It's so easy. It's so simple. It's not a big thing. Remember, friends, I want to just remind you of, even it was said, uh, 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 Chantel read it this morning. 
from 1 Corinthians 12. My vision, my, para- my, my kind of paraphrase of that thing is this. Remember this, he would say to the church. Nobody can say you don't need me, and nobody can say I don't need you. Nobody can say you don't need me, and nobody can say I don't need you. Everybody needs everybody in the life of a church, friends. That's the idea of a net. It's held together. And the, the church builds itself up as each part does its work. One of the great assumptions that happens in this church, because we're slightly bigger than some other churches, is, no, listen, this is a big church. We don't need, you don't need us here. I want to tell you, we need you. We need you to open your home and be a minister of God. We need you to open your table and be a minister of God. We need you to serve on a Sunday. We need you to pray on a Thursday. We need you. The kingdom of God needs you. There's, not, there's a place for everybody. Nobody can say you don't need me. And nobody else can say I don't need you. Everybody is needed all the time. And do you guess what happens? At the beginning of a year, this is classic. Beginning of the year, everybody's like, you know what, I New Year's resolution. I, God, I'm fully in with you now this year. Okay, I need to make some changes. Okay, you know what, the first thing I need to do is I need to change my church. So we move churches, which is not a bad thing if you're getting plugged in. And then one couple is like, oh, we've thrown ourselves in. We're in there. We're at everything. And I'm rejoicing because actually that's what should be happening. But friends, you don't have to move churches to do that. This family needs you. This family needs the knots of every person in the life of this church. Whether you are homeless, whether you are living rough on the street, you can serve here. Not get paid here, serve here. Be blessed here. To the other extreme, serve here. Everybody gets to say yes to Jesus. And saying yes to Jesus means all of these things, not just part of these things. The third thing that we've got to do is we've got to be available fishermen. We've got to have an available boat, we've got to prepare our nets, and we've got to have an available, we've got to have be available fishermen. Available fishermen. Peter said yes to the boat. Peter had prepared his nets. And then Peter eventually, after the word of God came, after he gave a whole lot of excuses, eventually said yes to God. Eventually said yes to God, to Jesus, and pushed out and caught a miraculous catch. You know, friends, Peter says this to Jesus. He says, Jesus, listen, we've toiled all night. I'm exhausted. And we caught nothing. Honestly, do you want us to go now? in the wrong place, at the wrong time, at the wrong depth, at the wrong everything, and think we're going to catch something now when we've done this all night? Jesus says, just go. Peter says, at your word, I will do this. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't get this, but at your word, I will go. They go, and because they listen to Jesus Jesus, and they're obedient to Jesus, they catch this massive catch of fish. Friends, being available Saying yes to God means being available to be used by God. Please, it's bigger. This is a bigger, being part of what I'm talking about here is way bigger than serving on a Sunday, but it includes serving on a Sunday. It's being available to God. Are you available? Are you available to God interrupting your day, giving somebody a call, interrupting your day and going having a coffee with somebody, interrupting you in a moment and saying, "Are are we available? 
You see, friends, being available and having this kind of servant-heartedness, put it this way, having a culture of servant-heartedness is deeper than having a culture of volunteerism. Trying to get volunteers, trying to drum up volunteers, guys, we need to. No, no, God, you've made me to be like Jesus. We serve. A culture of service, culture of servant-heartedness. Way more profound than a culture of volunteerism. A culture of hospitality is better than a culture of sign-up. In the same way as we come to our homes and we, we, we greet people and we meet people and we, we make space for people, we do exactly the same for people that don't yet know Jesus and for those that do on a Sunday. A culture of hospitality, a culture of servant-heartedness. A culture of family is more profound than a culture of enlisting people. Understanding the family dynamic. I'm sure we're the only family that does this thing, but I think you might relate. You know the dishwasher is one of those things in the home that nobody wants to go near if you're a child in the home. And of course, what happens is it's your turn on a Tuesday night to pack the dishwasher in our home. So we do that. Okay, yeah, listen, your turn, your turn. Clean the kitchen up. And please clean the kitchen to my standard, not to your standard. It's only in our home, I know, I understand. But we, I'm just being vulnerable here. Which means it's clear, it's wiped, it's done, it's empty. You've, you've washed the big things. and you. Then what happens is the, 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 the next person's job the next day is to empty the dishwasher. And then to fill it in the night. Problem is the next person doesn't empty the dishwasher. But now, Heather comes home or somebody comes home and Heather wants to now begin to prepare the meal. But she can't do anything because she's first got to empty the dishwasher because somebody didn't do it. And then start to do her part, her job for the evening. And then everybody just shies away from the dish. No, I don't want to empty that. Just, just pretend. If you just pretend, it'll go away. It'll empty itself. And the amazing thing is it does. It's like a magic dishwasher. If you leave it long enough, it empties itself. It's incredible. I went there. It was full. I went back again. It was empty. Up in hell. What happened? Yeah, the Lord is with us. No, it's because Plonker here is emptying your dishwasher. I want to tell you, friends, friends, that's what, how families work. Everybody's got their part to play. And if you don't empty the dishwasher, the person that comes to cook and use the dishes now has to empty the dishwasher and clean the kitchen before they even get to do their part. It's exactly the same that works here. Exactly the same. Everybody does their part. It's all good. As soon as somebody stops, we get a hole in the net. Now, somebody's fixing nets, mending nets in the meantime. This is how a family works. But are we available family members? Some of you have got a gift of hospitality. You just need to open your homes. Some of you have got a gift of welcoming. I'm thinking... I don't know if I'm going to be that welcome when I walk into Hilton. This, well, Hilton's becoming part of the welcome team. I'm thinking, I'm like ducking, but who's that? Oh, you know? Sorry, Hilly. 
Sorry, Hilly. You know, I, think you, I think you like the sound guy or something better, you know? Money joking. Number four, as I end. Number one, you've got to have an available boat. Number two, you've got to have a prepared net. Number three, you've got to be an available fisherman. Number four, you've got to have a word from Jesus. You've got to say yes to the word from Jesus. When Jesus speaks, say yes. Don't say, I'll think about it. When Jesus speaks, we, 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 we listen. See, for that miraculous, on the other side of your yes is a miraculous catch. On the other side of your yes are people's salvation. On the other side of your yes is people's healing. On the other side of your yes is people being loved and welcomed in a home, being part of a family. On the other side of our yes is a miraculous move of God. You've got to say yes to Jesus. As Jesus in these days mobilizes his church, takes them across the Jordan and says, go and take hold of your inheritance. It means everybody does their part. And lastly, teamwork. You've got to say yes to teamwork. The catch becomes so large that they have to call their boats, their friends in to come and help them. Friends, whatever you do in God will involve teamwork. Whatever you do in God will involve teamwork at some point and some level. Why? Because God works in team. You can't do it alone. And guess where you get fashioned and shaped the most? It's in team. Because people irritate you. Some people irritate you. Other people you love. Other people love you. Other people find you irritating. Believe it or not. But it's in team that we get this thing done. Say yes to team. Join teams. Say yes to what God is wanting to do. And at the end of that text, it says they left everything and followed him. You see, friends, when, that, when this environment is created, when there's a community of people that are making their boats available, when there's a community of people that are preparing their nets, when there's a community of people that are available, when there's a community of people that are, that are saying yes to the word of God as God starts to speak, and there's a community of people that know how to work in team and actually understand that team is for my holiness, not just for my happiness. First, first team is your marriage, for your holiness, not just your happiness. Actually, to make, to make you more like Jesus. When you're saying this, what happens is people begin to follow Jesus, friends. In that environment, it's Peter, Peter when, he's, when, he, when he says, goes to Jesus, and he says, Master. He says, Master, which means Lord, uh, uh, which means boss or leader. We've fished all night. What are you doing? Jesus says, just go. By the end of that, when he's falling on his knees, he's, no, he's now not calling him boss or leader. He's calling him Lord. It's moved from obeying a boss or a leader to worshiping a God, to worshiping Jesus. You see, when that environment is created, that's what you do. People take their cue off of that and they become worshipers of God. They become followers of Jesus. They begin to transition into a place of surrender on their knees and saying, God, please, I'm a sinful man, help me. But it needs people to say yes. It needs God to say yes to what he's told you already. It's God to, 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 for, for you to say yes to the prophetic word over your life. 
It's for you to say yes to whatever Jesus has said. It's to make, say yes to making your things available, opening your homes, opening your hearts, giving your energy, giving your time, and again, pressing into what God has for us because God wants to send you a miraculous catch. And God wants to send us a miraculous catch. Miraculous things happen, friends, when that kind of community of people is pulling together and brought together in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys.